So, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. Today, I've got Vincent over at Halo Belt, Bomber Barrel, and many other products here to talk about kind of product design, Kickstarter, and his latest campaign. So, Vincent, uh, who are you and what do you do? My name is Vincent, and I am a product designer. So, I basically bring ideas to the table and I turn them into tangible, solidified goods. Yeah, so one thing I found special about you is that you're not just a one-time pony. You've done probably, what, 15 products over the course of your career, and three of them are pretty big on Kickstarter that I found they've raised much well over 10 times their goals. So how did you get started with everything in products, and you know, what was your background getting into this? Well, originally, um, I, was a, I was actually a DJ, and I biked a lot. So the first product that I brought to market was a Halo Belt. Halo Belt is basically an LED belt uh, for safety for cyclists. So what started off as a cycling product slowly um, kind of evolved into a very versatile safety product that we now distribute into construction and child safety and military and law enforcement fields. So with that as the first product bringing to market, I've used that experience to bring newer products to market. Within the past year, we, like we've brought about 15 products to market via crowdfunding. And when you partner with these people that are doing crowdfunding, are you like owning the whole process or are you partnering with people that have an idea to bring this to market? Uh, well, we do both. So uh, with my firm, we basically help people try to, I guess, uh, bring their product to market successfully. And a lot of people don't really realize that Kickstarter alone is an entire, um, you know, marketing and beast uh, by itself. So we bring a lot of the business strategy behind it. So not only do we handle a lot of the manufacturing uh, and design aspects, we handle business A to A through Z essentially. So we help them create the product, uh, manufacture it, prototype it, and then market it in a manner where it does flood. To flood the market at entry. Gotcha. So say someone comes at you with an idea, like you said, you've launched 15 plus products. I'm sure you've had hundreds, if not maybe thousands of pitches. So what are you looking for when someone approaches you with something? Well, uh, a lot of people come to us with, you know, amazing ideas. Some of those people are very driven and they're very passionate about their, their brand. We're very selective with the people we work with. Uh, obviously, we, number one, we would like to help everyone. However, we have to be selective, you know, due to our time constraint as, as as well as you know the ability to put a lot of effort and and um, work into each person or project individually. So when they come to to us with an idea, we have to make sure that obviously there has to be enough margins for everyone to be happy. You know, we would love to help that person create a product, depending on where they are in the business. If it's an established business or product, or if it's starting from ground up, we basically try our best to help them uh, create the product and, and, and bring it to market. And as long as it's a product that we see fit within the guidelines of profit margins, as well as success rate that we expect it to do, then uh, we're in good shape. Yeah. Well, what else besides margins are you guys looking for? Are you looking like at the founders, the personality of the person, or how well they thought out the idea, or any like red flags you guys look out for? Oh yeah, definitely. You know, we're definitely looking for people who are well-rounded. Most importantly, we have to find a connection, like finding a good business partner in a way, because not only are we helping them with their idea or their product, we're really helping them build their dream. And we do like to, you know, see it become successful because we're all, we're all on the same boat and everyone wants to create a product that 
you know, has a lot of traction, a lot of um, sales and a lot of, um, I guess, momentum moving forward. So looking at the person, we have to get along very well. We have to uh, be able to communicate. I think that's that's key. Communication as well as the ability to take on different ideas and perspectives with an open mind. Yeah. One thing I realized now in the past few years is that the story versus product, there's two dimensions to kind of a launch, right? Like you have the background of everything, kind of the marketing side of thing and the actual product. And have you found that kind of the story is more important now than the actual product in some senses? Because I feel like the world is so noisy now that if you don't have a good story, sometimes it can't get through to people. Like I said, a lot of um, founders that come to us, they have an amazing story, some of them. And we always would like to express the background behind every product, every product or idea or invention or innovative good has kind of um, a conception. And depending on how that conception was brought to, uh, you know, brought about, we want to let the consumer base understand how we feel about that product. Like, how did we create something like this? You know, we didn't just pull it out of thin air. Uh, we created this good because we found it necessary and we found it kind of uh, something we needed in our lives and that's why we we choose to make goods like that and we convey that with our consumer base and most of the time they do understand how we feel and I think that's part of the passion behind each project. Yeah, what do you think makes uh, Kickstarter's backers different than your usual guy that shops at like Brookstone or? Uh, well, I feel like the Kickstarter community is number one and extremely supportive community. Uh, a lot of the backers within Kickstarter uh, truly understand, you know, the, the entire perspective of the underdog. You know, there's no way we can compete Brookstone or, or, or Target or Walmart or, or North Face or Nike or Adidas, all, all the big, you know, Fortune 500 companies when, you know, we're just, most of us were just, you know, a, a guy trying to figure out how to hack something together in a garage. The entire community understands that, you know, we're, most of us are just the average Joe, but it doesn't mean that, you know, we can't think on a creative level and bring something innovative to the table. Kickstarter allows us to be able to have a larger voice and an entire community that supports us uh, and our ideas. Yeah. All right, cool. So let's move on into Bomber Barrel a little bit. So I guess my biggest question is that there are a ton of bags out there. So what made you believe that this was a good project to go for? All, all of the products... They're actually something that we look for, seek to design and make for ourselves. So when it comes to the Bomber Barrel bag, um, the background was um, I traveled quite a bit uh, throughout the year. So this year I've traveled all over the world and I've always wanted to find something other than a suitcase to use. All the duffel bags that I've ever bought seem to have one major flaw, which is it's not really a flaw, but it was something that doesn't cater to my need, which is uh, something that I can use as an everyday carry. So most of the duffel bags I had were actually too big, you know, too big for the gym, too big for going out or a weekender. It seems like there was a lot of excess space uh, that was never really being utilized or used. Basically, I wanted to design a, a smaller bag that was um, everything I wanted, a badass bag. Gotcha. So we're talking about like... You got your Nike duffel bags that could be too big for sports teams. You got your military kind, which kind of are too rugged to carry around. Yeah, too heavy, too rugged. And then you don't really have anything else. You have a tiny 
like maybe a man purse, but that's not enough. Yeah, or, or like uh, one of those canvas, you know, tote bags. Right? One thing is that you're scratching your own itch. How do you realize this itch is big enough that other people would want it too? Did you kind of sample it with some friends or any like validation things you tested? Pre-Kickstarter, to be honest, uh, we never really know for sure. So that's what makes Kickstarter such a great platform to work with is uh, we do have an idea and and we make certain prototypes and we're able to kind of test the market to see if there's any type of interest. Because whenever we do make something, we make something that we are passionate about designing. So I'm always passionate about designing minimalist goods. Uh, when we designed Bomber Barrel with my team, Edgar Cerrone as well as uh, Andrew Nguyen, uh, who are uh, the founding partners in this project, we really wanted to create something that we needed. So we created a duffel bag that you know, had like strong military grade clips and ripstop nylon and really cool paracord zipper pulls and things like that. We wanted to create something that was super minimal, simple, but at the end of the day, just minimal and like functional. You know, we really need a functional bag. And um, we bring that to the Kickstarter platform to see if there's any interest. And we really didn't expect it to do so well. I think as of right now, we're over 260000 in funding, and we still have 30 days to go. Yeah. So what does the development cycle look like? Because I noticed I was reading about Halo Belt. I understand that took like a year, if not two years, to kind of nail down all the LED, the batteries, things like that. So when you look at like a new product, like say Bomber Barrel, like are you spending like six months in advance prototyping this before you go to Kickstarter? Or was it like a three-month thing or just to get an idea of how much? Because at some point, you got to decide, all right, let's do this to Kickstarter, but how much do you develop before then? So we actually started designing the bag about six, seven months ago. With you know the, the past year of traveling, we really wrote down what we wanted in uh, a duffel bag and uh, started writing down ideas for the design. And um, Edgar, as well as Andrew, brought on some you know, some incredible type of, uh, I guess, ideas and just things that they wanted to the table, just the features that they wanted in a bag to the table. And we basically tried to make a, you know, super cool, badass bag. From the friends I've talked to, there's a lot of goal psychology involved in Kickstarter in terms of like setting the goal, pricing, tiers like that. Did you guys purposely set it a little lower? Because I noticed the goals were like 10K, 15K. Was that kind of on purpose or is there some psychology behind that? For the most part, the way we see it is we price our goal at the minimum amount of money we need obviously within within reason uh, the minimal amount of money we need to make a small production run so at 10 to 15,000 uh, let's say we we need that amount of money to make a minimum order requirement with the factory that we're contracting with and um, we wanted the goal to be somewhat low and not too high because we feel that you know through our experience with Kickstarter and the projects that we've launched, if we put a goal that's extremely high, it kind of deters people away. They think a lot of people who go on Kickstarter, they I think most of them not only do they want to support a small company, at the end of the day, they really just want the product. You know, they believe in your vision that you create a great product and they they want it in their own hands. But if the goal is two hundred and fifty thousand dollars and you're just starting out and it's the first week and it's only at $5,000, they might not believe in it as much because the goal is so far off. Yeah, and there's a thing on the thumbnail on the Kickstarter page where if you're raising 200000 you hit 5000 you're only, what, not even 10%? But when you're raising ten k, you're like halfway there and it looks so much better. Yeah. I think, and then now that you're at two hundred sixty k, probably 300 by the time this publishes, you'll have like over, what, 
300,000 percent i don't even know the math but yeah <laughs> it just looks so much better it lets people believe that you know that they're gonna get the product because it has been funded yeah and there's, there's also people that are like hey it's funded so i might as well support it because i'm gonna get the product it's not something up in the air right? correct there's less risk in um, the perception of the consumer. Gotcha, gotcha. So since you know we're talking about successes here, if we go on the other side, are there any things you've worked on that didn't work out and maybe some lessons you learned uh, from there? We've actually never had a product that, that failed. But from my understanding, I think a large number of Kickstarter projects do fail and a large number of projects are, that are successful fail to deliver on time or even deliver the product at all because you have to understand that most of these project campaign managers they're going on to kickstart with you know because they're passionate about an idea but they might not be business-minded or you know a business-oriented individual so they they might not spend their funds the correct way i've been very fortunate uh with all of our products to be able to fund way over our goal but not only that we've always delivered on time and and sometimes early to all of our backers so we have a very strong following and uh, i do have the kickstarter backers to thank for for all all of that support yeah i think the biggest thing that people mess up on is landed costs right like yeah it costs say ten dollars to make this but shipping it to the u.s importing fulfillment storage all that stuff they don't think about that customs you know taxes and then shipping from their warehouse to all over the world uh warehouse costs things like that so it's always like three times what they what they calculate one rule of thumb that always go by is like there's always going to be three times the amount of problems three times the amount of and cost and headache like when i look at some of the projects on kickstarter like if you just look at their pricing you can kind of tell they didn't think about this you could just be like oh yeah he'll get the goal but he's gonna if he has any snags in the way he'll he'll be screwed and he'll have to use money out of his own pocket or something like that and not that like i'm making fun of them it's just that like you've seen once you've seen this in a while you're like oh this guy's not thinking yeah all right cool so let's go back to bomber a little bit so we were talking about um this is a bag you wanted to make one thing i found really cool was that flint thing so what was this thing it's like a you can start a fire with this bag or yeah yeah it's uh basically um all the entire bag has a bunch of paracords for emergencies so uh we always find ourselves you know having to tie stuff down if our shoelace breaks or this and that so there's a bunch of rope that comes essentially with uh with a bomber barrel and within the paracords you can actually break it down and and use the threads as like anything from fishing wire or like sewing thread so we really wanted to create kind of like an urban survival bag for emergencies and um and have that be a part of you know your everyday carry so what comes with the bomber barrel set is you have the bomber barrel bag duffel bag itself and then you would have a small mini bomber which is the traveler's kit and then it also comes with a bomber barrel um, paracord bracelet so it's a bracelet that's also made out of i think it's 20 meters of paracord and there's also a flint and a steel um a steel ring to it so you can actually start sparks and start fly fires with it in case of emergencies zombie apocalypse right yeah <laughs> yeah definitely so how'd you guys come up with the name bomber barrel because it's a very catchy name yeah yeah uh, the team and i came up with the name actually the barrel bag is uh based off of you know your old school just barrel bag uh they don't make too many of those anymore but we love the the whole cylinder design and the word bomber comes from the those old school bomber jackets 
and we wanted to create something that's uh, similar to, you know, the guys that grew up with those bomber jackets. I, I have a few of my own and I love them and kind of made sense to call it like a bomber brawl. It's kind of like a reinvention of the vintage concept of this bag from like World War II or something like that. Right? Yeah, but, but with like kind of like newer age uh, fabric and materials. And we really wanted to take a classic design and revamp it into something a little bit more modern. You were saying you've been working on this the past year. Did you show like friends some samples or did you like field test this a little bit? Or how did that process look like before going on with Kickstarter? Yeah, so we designed the bag, we received the prototype, and then we actually, um, I personally have used the bag uh, all over the world. So I, I brought it to, I think I brought it to Denver and then Mexico and then quite a, quite a other few places just to test it out. And I honestly thought it was like the perfect bag for myself. At that point, I wasn't thinking about selling the bag or like making it for other people. It was purely for myself. Then we started getting some compliments from some other friends. Uh, one thing led to another. You know, people started wanting the bag and we thought, oh, we should probably put this product on Kickstarter like some of our other products. And But usually when you design a bag, I guess we don't really think about, you know, selling the bag to the masses it's not really a, a product that's like as easy to ship or you know as lightweight to ship as as some other um products with larger margins but we really do believe in the design and we love the bag ourselves and uh it seems to be doing rather well on kickstarter at the moment yeah so right now i'm looking at your page you have about 3,300 backers do you guys ever run into guys that try to be like armchair designer since they've backed your project they think they have the right to tell where your product should go and all that stuff. Oh yeah, plenty, hundreds, <laughs> thousands. I think they do it with good intentions, they're passionate about it, but how do you kind of deflect this when you've, you've done so many projects? The way we do things is we, we take everyone's idea and we put it on the table, whether you know it sounds crazy or it sounds genius. So we put all the ideas on the table because we, we never know. It might sound like a stupid idea you know, at first, but if you combine it with three or four other ideas that are on the table, it might be like genius. We try to incorporate you know, as many suggestions as we can to create a product that, that fits within everyone's needs. And, you know, some people might bring ideas to the table like waterproof materials, for example. That, that's been a huge, huge uh, talk for the past two weeks. Uh, since we've received so much in funding, a lot of people wanted us to, I guess, upgrade the materials of the bag to waterproof material. So, you know, obviously we take that into consideration. So we went ahead and ordered samples of the raw materials and see how we can incorporate it into the bag. And then we kind of do a cost-benefit analysis. So we checked to see if it's a viable solution to, to add into the upgrades. And then through our findings, we basically found out that if we do waterproof the bag, it wouldn't hold the structure. The pattern design might change on the entire bag. And there are a lot of design aspects that are going to be compromised just because we want to make this bag waterproof. So in conclusion, we decided that waterproofing the bag, it, it might not be a good thing as much as it sounds because it might make the bag heavier and then the structure of the bag might not hold as well as the original minimalist design. And then we start to stray away from what our original intention was, which was to create a simple, minimal, everyday bag. If we explain this 
in a process where the backers can understand. Most of them are, you know, they're very understanding and they they see that. Yeah, like you just have to be honest with them because I think there's also the vision you have to stick with versus feedback, right? And like, where do you find the balance for that? I guess it's in like feasibility and actually manufacturing because if it actually makes business sense. Definitely, because a lot of the raw materials don't come from one factory. We have to source it from different vendors and those vendors have to get in touch with our factory and that all those vendors have to, you know, make sure their minimum order quantities are met depending on the raw materials. And then it hits the, um, our manufacturer. Our manufacturer has to be able to put it all together. So it's not just like, oh, let's just make a bad waterproof. You know, there, there's a lot of components that have to, like, come together. It's like a transmission. You got the timing belt. You got, like, um, all different parts of the, the transmission have that have to work together to make a car run. And with making something as simple as a bag, it, it may seem that it's very simple when in reality it's not. There's a lot of moving parts that have to be incorporated. Yeah, even like all the zippers, the different fabrics, the sewing, all, all that stuff. And yeah, I think most people don't realize how hard it is to make products. And you think about something like a car or like the iPhone, how there's like thousands of parts and like how do they even like get all the screws to be in the one place in the same city and yeah like the glass and the yeah. cases it's just like it's mind boggles how they do it and you got to make sure the screws are made out of zinc and not alloy and you know all different factors that come into it and yeah we we the i think our there's no secret you know we're completely transparent with all of our our backers and i think that's what sustains a a long-term type of business is that transparency. All right, so let's go into the Kickstarter launches a little bit for these three different projects. So one thing I noticed is that you guys have knocked it out of the park, like over 10, 15 times of the funding goal. So when you guys launch on Kickstarter, are you guys doing like the press release at the same time? Or are you reaching out to press after? Or what does like the whole launch sequence look like when you guys are opening on that day? It depends on the product. Uh, with Bomber Barrel, we have put zero money into marketing. So all of this has been completely organic. We do have um, a bunch of uh, design blogs that we reach out to, and uh, because at the at the core it is about you know the underdog, you know. So we we make sure uh, when we design a product like this, the Bomber Barrel, we make sure the the small guys know about it first. Because if it wasn't for them, we wouldn't be here right now. So we let all the blogs know, um, uh, all the design websites, and and um, I think we, we do receive quite a bit of support, not only from the Kickstarter community, but from you know the the average Joe writing about it because he he is passionate about design. So he owns like a Tumblr or, or blogs or uh, a Blogspot, and he does write about it. And those guys really help to get us off the ground. Yeah. So I've heard that you basically need to hit your goal in the first week. Otherwise, it kind of peters out from there. Has that been your experience too? Well, I guess you, you, you never had a goal that you never had a Kickstarter that didn't reach the goal. So I guess that's a bad question to ask yeah. you. <laughs> we have to be realistic. You know, if it doesn't reach the goal, then you shouldn't, you shouldn't, I guess, pursue that idea or, or that or that project because it's a, it's a proof of concept. It's just solidifying, I guess, the fact that you know it's um it's a product that people want. Because a lot of times, someone they might make a product and they're so emotionally in love with their product that they might value that product a lot higher than what other people would pay for it. You know, and that should be a very, I guess, balanced business strategy. Whereas you do have 
a funding goal and you have to make sure you have at least, you know, ten, fifteen thousand dollars to make a production run, or you don't do it at all because you're just gonna find yourself digging a hole you can't climb out of. They say the biggest situation is when people sell their homes. Like say you sell the house you grew up in, you always tack on like an extra ten, fifteen percent just because you have that emotional connection to your house. And definitely, definitely. Yeah. All right. So say um, Bomber Barrel, you guys hit your goal in the first five hours. Like, what goes on in your mind after that? Because you've hit the fifteen thousand goal, and now you're like at two hundred sixty thousand plus. Like, what goes on in your head as you kind of finish this project? You're worried about like production because you have so many people to finish, like to send the product to now, or what? What's going on? Throughout the entire campaign, we're always trying to push it forward, and obviously, the more successful the better. Uh, But throughout the campaign, I think the most important part is communication with the backers because uh, without them, you wouldn't be like, we wouldn't be where we are today if it wasn't for the community of support. So throughout the entire campaign, we got to make sure there's complete transparency um, within the process of production, within the process of designing the product and adding upgrades. Uh, We firmly believe that Every one of our backers is kind of the backbone to not only our company, our product, but the whole, the whole ideology of Kickstarter and the Kickstarter platform itself. So we want to make sure that we deliver a high quality product that we stand by and we are proud of. Have you found that there's been a lot of overlaps between like Halo Belt or Quarter Century Belt with Bomber Barrel this time? Overlap in uh, consumers? Yeah, like this, the same backers backing you on every project that you do, or is it kind of a new audience with each project that you do? Uh, with each project, it is a new audience. I think on the first day, uh, the first day we, we do launch a, kind of an update with our previous product uh, projects, telling them, hey, you know, we're working on a new product. And what I found is that if you do have a strong following or backer base, it really helps carry momentum the first week you know uh, because these people are people who have bought your product before they 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 are people who believed in your vision and they've trusted you with their money to make a product that has never been on market there's no track record there's no sales record there's there's no traction it's a completely brand new concept and an idea and i think it takes a lot for someone to you know to trust you even if it's for $30 or $100 but you know they're placing their trust into you to create something out of thin air for them to like give you that type of um how do you say it? like give you that type of trust I think you owe it to them to to deliver a quality product within a timely matter. And throughout all of our campaigns, throughout the first week, we do carry the most momentum through our previous backers. And then later on, once uh, we hit our goal, other backers would, throughout the Kickstarter platform or throughout, um, I guess, uh, the community of bloggers or design websites, uh, that they follow, they'll come across our product and and see you know our vision and what we're trying to do, and they would hop on um, to the community of support. Yeah, there's one thing about early adopters is that giving a hundred dollars to you versus to Nike, there's a different meaning, right? And then when you get the product, yeah, you can tell your friends, hey, I have this thing that nobody else has because I saw it on Kickstarter, and that makes me feel cool. Not only are you helping. You know, the little guy, but you can see how this product that you're holding is made. There's a story behind it and you were a part of it. You contributed to making this bag without, without, you know, that person, without the backer, that bag wouldn't exist. 
not only does that create brand loyalty, but it creates a sense of ownership within the bag. And I think it's pretty cool when I back a project. I have supported hundreds of projects on Kickstarter. And I think it's really cool when I have something tangible in my hands and I know exactly how it was made and who made it and like how long it, it took to make it and like, you know, the flaws that are that are in it and like, you know, the designs that have been uh, reiterated over the months and it, it feels good. It's, it's, there's a story behind it and there's a lot more meaning and sentimental value to, to the product itself. You know, if someone's got a Kickstarter idea, they've thought it through for about two or three months, uh, what would be like the 80-20 you would tell them since you've done over 15 plus projects that have all done really well? Whenever someone has an idea or they're passionate about it, the, the biggest like mistake you can do is not do it. You know, the, the regret that comes along like you know six years down the line you're like oh man now now i have all this like fixed costs i got like five kids and you know like two mortgages to pay like i can't really you know risk my money into investing into this idea that i had six years ago so i i think like wherever you are in life i think if you have an idea you should definitely go for it and when you do go for it make sure you make smart decisions in regards to investing into the product make sure your company or your project is lean uh try and cut back on like any type of extreme overhead costs try and make a solid prototype you believe can be manufactured in large quantity a lot of people might make one prototype uh, in their garage but they might not contract a manufacturer so they had they can make you know one or ten for or twenty for their friends but if 5,000 people want it, how are you going to deliver 5,000 products? You know, so all of that has to, you know, come into play and that's something to think about. But at the end of the day, you just got to go out there and, and actually do it. Yeah, exactly. Because the feeling of regret would haunt you oh, forever. Yeah. And <laughs> we all know what that's like, right? <laughs> it's like that girl you never talked to five years ago. You exactly. still think about her. Exactly. Man, sometimes that hurts. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's wrap things up here. So uh, congrats on Bomber Barrel. Where can people find out more about you guys? Yeah, um, they can find out about uh, us through BomberBarrel.com. And our other company is HaloBelt.com, H-A-L-O-B-E-L.com. BLT.com. And then we also have our design company called Elliot Havoc, um, E L L I O T H A V O K.com. Yeah. All right. Cool, man. Well, thanks, Vincent. So, thanks so much for coming on the show. Uh, we'll keep in touch. Hope you guys uh, keep hitting the goals on your future projects, and I'm sure you will too. So, yeah, we'll keep in touch. Thanks a lot, Terry. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Build My Online Store podcast. If you want the show notes, make sure to check out the website at buildmyonlinestore.com. And if you've got an e-commerce store, every two weeks I lead a live mastermind call with about five or six of the listeners in two separate groups where we work openly together and solve a business problem that you have. And we're all there to support each other. So if this sounds like a cup of tea, make sure to check us out at buildmyonlinestore.com slash mastermind. Thanks again for tuning in and I'll catch up with you guys next week. <laughs>